if you change inside 99.999%, they're going to change. Don't give anybody ever anything. Share. You fill yourself up with light. You pull the light. Then it feels so good. Yeah, I could share it with somebody. does forgiving one person in my life have to do with unifying the whole world? What are some tools I can use to live a life of more freedom? These are just some of the concepts you'll hear about in every episode of See One Beautiful Soul. Namaste, hello, shalom, hola, ni hao. It's Barbara Heller. Welcome back to See One Beautiful Soul with my guest, Ben Sion Simmons. It's part B of Always Choose Your Solar System. And that's S-O-U-L-A-R. If you haven't picked up a copy of my book yet, please do. It's called And Then One Day the World Coughed. And you can get it on Amazon, both in Kindle format and also in soft cover or paperback. It is 41 panels of original drawings and paintings that I did myself. It is a children's book for adults. So it's kind of like taking the trauma and all the cool blessings that we got out of this pandemic time period and breaking it down for the child inside of all of us. I've gotten a couple of interesting comments from parents that are like, are are you sure this is really for kids? A lot of kids actually really like it and they seem really resilient. It's the parents that are having a difficult time with some of the concepts. And I think it's because it really was written for me to share with my little one. By that, I mean my inner child. I think some of you know, I do a lot of inner child work. I teach that kind of work. And I actually wrote this during a panic attack. I, I shared it on Instagram that I wrote this book in the middle of lockdown the first time in New York City. I was in my tiny apartment and praying that I could go outside to Central Park and breathe because it was my first time doing quarantine. And I was just as scared as everyone else, except we were the first school, the first city that was hit. And I panicked and really was having a hard time with it in my bed, as you can imagine. And I prayed to the divine and said, okay, what is this divine manure teaching me? How can I turn it into something magical and beautiful? And the whole book was written in 45 minutes. And it's definitely not easy to tackle some of those subjects. That's why I tried to accompany them with sweet little drawings. And I think this doesn't have to be done with children present. It could actually be done with grown kids and parents. I think it should be something that you discuss at the table or on the couch. And speaking of hard subjects to tackle, I just keep hearing a lot from friends about how they're not there yet and they still haven't figured it out. They're having such a difficult time in their marriages and it's making me so sad. People could really use a detox, a walk on the beach, just breathing it out and letting go and letting the chips fall for a moment, really sinking in, dropping in to whatever that feeling is that you've been avoiding and just take a walk, spend some time with yourself. It's such a special thing right now that we don't have to run anywhere because we have to be stationary. Most of us embrace it. I think some of us are going to really miss this time with our families. And remember that it's always easier to criticize someone else when you're spending a lot of time with them. And don't be fooled. That little negative inclination that we each have that was put there by the divine to make us stronger is always going to be pointing fingers. And remember, 
remember if you actually go ahead, point a finger right now with one of your hands, you'll feel three other fingers staring right back at you. You might be able to point with both your thumb and your index finger. I mean, I'm able to do that, right? With the little gun symbol here. Those three fingers, the third, fourth, and fifth are pointing right back. Our anatomy doesn't lie. It's there to teach us. We have two eyes, two ears, and one mouth. (laughs) So we should be able to smell double, hear double, and see double of what we're actually sharing. Okay. Think about that too. And if you're not having the easiest time dealing with that, stick around for the meditations that are going to come up today. Today is an extras day. We had our guests stick around and give us some extra stuff because they had extra time. It's all free. It's all here for you to take and enjoy and use and share with other people. Feel free to share it on Instagram and Facebook with the link so that more people can get it. If you think you know someone who might be inspired by some of these episodes, please share it with them. And thanks for emailing us. We really do want to hear from you. So thanks for all of that. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and also leave us a review. It really helps us get the word out there. My guest today is Benson Simmons or Benzion Simons regardless of how you want to pronounce it. He's very open and very sweet and very understanding about his name. There's multiple ways to pronounce his name. He was here a few days ago and we just loved having him. And I'm sure that you were also very inspired, which is why you're back for round two or part B of always choose your solar system. He is a coach. He's a speaker, author, healer. You can find him at joyhealer.com and book a session with him if he's available. He also does courses online and you can find him on Instagram as well under at symbol go solar, which is S-O-U-L-A-R. I am having another course come up called findcreativeclarity.com and sign up for either a free taste of the workshop, either on Facebook or on Zoom. You can email me about that if you don't see it advertised. And I also am going to be offering a course which is going to start, God willing, October 19th. So I'd love to have you in the class. You can apply for it right online, findcreativeclarity.com. Everybody has like a circle of destiny. So as you're listening to this, people, imagine that where you're sitting or standing, there's a column of light that when you step into it, you feel the flow of who you are and you feel like your destiny is for certain and you feel strong and empowered. And it's literally like a column of light that goes from the sky all the way down through wherever it goes to. And the thing is that you have to choose to step into that. And you can be an inch away feeling like such crap about yourself. You just take that one little thing and ah, you're inside your circle of destiny. It seems like it's such a difficult process and it's a joyous process of discovery. But each time it literally is that tiny little movement, one inch, one step over, one millimeter over, ah, you're in that. That can come from one thought. That can come from one choice. Two, as I'm doing now, feeling the weight of my feet on the floor. Ah, feeling the weight of my seat bones on the seat of the chair. Ah, as soon as I do that, I can be still and not care that, that we're taking too much time because it's a podcast. You know what I mean? Even that. Ooh, let's try just do a little meditation here. Okay. So. so if you're driving, pull over. Exactly. And pause and then restart when you're ready. Exactly. Even if you're driving, you could still take a moment without closing your eyes to feel the weight of your seat bones on the seat of the car and just feel the weight of your back against the back of the seat of the car and just take a nice deep breath in. That was car meditation. (laughs) We could do a whole (laughs) car meditation with your eyes on (laughs) Exactly. 
Okay, but now we'd like to do one where we are allowing ourselves to be sitting, hopefully in a chair where you can be sitting upright, although any position is fine. So what you want to do is start by feeling the weight of your feet on the floor and literally choosing to be present. And for different people, most people have a different, when you're feeling your feet connected to the floor, some people feel like a suction. Some people feel heat in their feet or tingling. Some people just feel uh, the muscles relaxing. And other people feel an energy coming through, up through their feet into their body. So you want to take a moment now as you're listening to this to check in and see what that is for you. And if it's nothing, that's great. And if it's something that you're aware of, in order to increase the feeling even more, just thank the divine for what you're feeling. So if I'm feeling heat in my feet, I'm just going to say inside, thank you, divine, for, the, for giving me the, the joyous feeling of heat in my feet and knowing that that is one of the ways that I connect. Just by doing, saying, thanking the divine, the feeling gets stronger. So feeling the weight of your feet on the floor. That's it. And now we're going to feel the weight of your seat bones on the seat of the chair, giving your full weight into the chair, knowing that chair's not going to break, that chair's going to hold you and love you exactly the way you are. And that's exactly what the divine is doing. And when I speak about the divine in this meditation, I am speaking about the consciousness of infinite, unconditional love. And so now, if you can, lean your back against the back of the chair. And you want to start to feel the weight of your back muscles just dissolving into the back of the chair. And you're just noticing which muscles are actually touching the back of the chair. And those muscles you want to expand even more into the back of the chair so you can feel supported. Literally, the chair is supporting you, but this is reminding you that the divine has your back in every moment. Good. So now you're feeling the weight of your feet on the floor again, the weight of your seat bones on the seat of the chair, the weight of your back against the back of your chair. And now we're going to continue to inhabit the body. So now you're going to focus on sound, the sound of my voice, or listening for any ambient sounds in the room you're in. Just take a moment. Great. And now we're going to focus on temperature. So you're going to focus just tapping in and focusing. What's the temperature of your face versus your hands versus your feet? Which is warmer? Which is cooler? That's it. And then you can take a moment to rest your hands either on your lap or on a desk in front of you. And the reason you're doing that is to feel what you're feeling underneath your fingertips. Is the surface smooth? Is it rough? Is it warm? Is it cool? That's it. And now you are allowing yourself to be fully, fully present. And now let's go through a nice little breathing process I'm going to take you through breathing in for a count of four, holding for a count of four, and breathing out for a count of four. So take a normal breath in and out. 
And now we're going to breathe in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four, breathe in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four, one more time, breathe in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four. Again, feeling the weight of your feet on the floor, feeling the weight of your seat bones on the seat of the chair and the weight of your back against the back of the chair. And I'm just gonna ask, some, ask you to use your divine imagination and I'm going to teach you something called the Pyramid of Protection, which is a ancient Kabbalistic visualization that literally will protect you physically, emotionally, and spiritually for 24 hours. So as you're sitting there feeling the weight of your feet on the floor, the weight of your seat bones on the seat of the chair, and the weight of your back resting comfortably against the back of the chair, I'm going to imagine that you're going, you and the divine are going to co-construct a four-walled, three-dimensional pyramid around you. So you imagine that maybe a foot away from where your feet are resting on the floor, you're co-constructing the first triangular wall, the wide bases on the floor, and it goes up to a few feet above your head. And there's another triangular wall adjacent to the first one on your right side, another one behind you, and another one on your left side. And now you are inside this four-wall, three-dimensional pyramid of protection, and you notice that the floor that your feet are grounded and connected to now is the square base of your four-walled, three-dimensional pyramid. And now you're going to use your focus to imagine the light of the divine, the light of unconditional love, which is always present, but just waits for us to acknowledge it. And so this light flows down as a beam of white light coming through the ceiling of wherever you are, and it hits the walls and floor of your pyramid with this bright, bright, beautiful light of unconditional love. Like a force field around you, you can feel that light of unconditional love can feel the strength and protection of that light. And then there are a few Hebrew words. It's a Hebrew mantra that helps you activate this. It doesn't matter whether you're Jewish or not Jewish, no Hebrew or not. It works for everyone, works for everyone. So I just want you to repeat the words after me. The first word is ata. Next word is ha-shem. E ma d. Good. And now there's six more words and we are activated. The next word is shima. Yisra el. 
Adonai. Eloheinu. Adonai. Echad. And now you are super activated. And we're going to do one other thing that is another tool so that you can always fill yourself up with love at any moment. And as you're seeing the pyramid, we're not matching another beam of brilliant white light of unconditional love that loves you unconditionally exactly the way you are. And that light comes through one of the walls of the pyramid, comes through the top of your head and down into your heart. And when it gets to your heart, you just allow that light to get brighter and brighter and brighter. Great, and even brighter. Like you're turning up the contrast on your phone or computer screen and it's getting brighter and brighter, except this is the love in your heart that you are allowing in your heart and you're allowing it to get brighter and even brighter, yep, and even brighter, and even brighter, and you can go even more. Choose in this moment to allow even more love, even more light in through the top of your head and into your heart. That is your divine right to feel that light and to charge yourself up with light in every moment and allow that light to get even brighter and even brighter and even brighter, and even brighter, filling yourself up with the light of unconditional love as it gets brighter, and even brighter, and even brighter. And at the same time, you're focusing on the weight of your feet on the floor, the weight of your seat bones on the seat of the chair, the weight of your back on the back of the chair, opening up even more and feeling that light flow through the top of your head and into your heart where it gets brighter and brighter is the light of unconditional love. It's the light that reminds you that you are enough in every moment, that you are connected to everything, that you are everything, and that you are at your core unconditional love and that light gets even brighter and even brighter and even brighter and even brighter as you acknowledge that in this moment you choose to love yourself unconditionally and just by saying that you can feel the light get even brighter and even brighter and even brighter and of course you can send that light to every part of your body just filling up your entire body with that light of unconditional love. Knowing you can do this whenever you want, that it's always available. Light comes in through the top of your head, into your heart. Some people see the light in their heart as a green light or a pink light or white light, whatever you feel. But allow it to flow even brighter into your heart and even brighter. Remember one thing too, as you're allowing this light in, Remember that the more you choose in this moment to let in more light of unconditional love, the more you're inspiring every single person listening to this, everything, every person in the world to let more love into their heart. And so you're recognizing how connected you are 
every time you do something that inspires your soul, it inspires others. So now take a moment to let even more light, that's it, even more light, filling up your heart, filling up your entire body with the light of unconditional love, flowing through every thought. And that light goes up to the brain now, and every thought dissolves into the light of unconditional love. Every thought gets lighter and lighter and even lighter and even lighter. And now we're gonna consciously connect your brain and your heart by imagining that the light flows through the top of your head, fills your entire brain, goes through the throat and into the heart. That you have that connection, thought, feelings, actions. They're all based on love. We're gonna do one other thing which is you have a second brain, which is located a few inches below your belly button. So you're gonna focus now on a ball of light that's either white or orange, that is just below the belly button in the lower stomach. And allow light to come in through the top of your head, through the brain, down through the heart, then all the way down to that ball of light that is just below the belly button. That's it, filling it up with light. As you fill that up with light, you relax the lower belly, you are allowing yourself to connect to your deepest, deepest feelings of love, connection. And now that's it, and now we're aligning brain that is in your head with the second brain that's below the belly button and with the heart, all three in alignment. Again, beam of white light comes to the top of the head, fills the brain, goes down through the spine to the heart and down to the area below the belly button. Bright, bright, bright white or orange light. That's it, feeling the flow from all those three areas, feeling empowered, feeling connected, recognizing how amazing and powerful you are in every moment as you choose love in this moment. And now just take a nice deep breath in and you can send it out through the nose or the mouth. Let's take another few deep breaths, but let's choose The next breath, we're going to breathe in from that area of light below the belly button. Imagine it breathes through you. That's it. And take another breath coming from the heart. Imagine that the heart breathes through you. No effort. Just let the heart breathe. And another breath led by... Your brain that is just filled with the light of unconditional love, let it breathe through you. Good. And now we're going to feel the weight of your feet on the floor, weight of your seat bones on the seat of the chair, weight of your back resting against the back of the chair. And now just take a moment to allow your soul to breathe through you.
whatever that means. Just let it breathe through you. That's it, beautiful. And now with that, you can open your eyes, choosing to fill the rest of your day with seeing and feeling unconditional love in yourself and all others. Wow. I don't really have words right now. I'm coming back from heaven. That was really amazing. You have such a gift. You have so many gifts, but thank you so much. That was like amazing. You completely blew all my questions out of the water. I do have, I guess, a few. There are a lot of people that I interact with on a daily basis. I won't say a lot. There are some people and few and far between, but I hear it. And so it uh, magnifies sometimes because I feel their energy. I have a lot of, like you, a lot of empathetic energy. Mm-hmm. And because you taught me that awesome white light pyramid, I've been able to use it often when I need Good. to. It just, it's like it comes right up. Good. And I don't use it as a wall between me and the other person. I use it as a protective barrier so that I am okay while I'm helping other people get to okay. Love that. That's what it's meant for. Beautiful. Yeah. I think... Um, the whole reason that I created this podcast, I mean, it, it, it's multi-layered, but the biggest one is there's this whole cancel culture happening right now. And, oh, I don't talk to them anymore because they're uh, this political group or they're this religion or they went off the deep end and started doing X, Y, and Z. And so now I can't even talk to them. So I got so sick of hearing that all the time that I said, what if we could do like you were alluding to before, transform the manure thoughts that we have, the walls that we have break them down and actually come from unconditional love like you just trained us to do so well so i want to i want to speak to that part of you when when you pass someone on the street or in the store or in your practice of healing and someone comes to you and says the following oh this parent that i have they're never going to change this grandparent that i have is 60, 70, 80, whatever they, they allude to this right, age of right. not being able to change. This brother of mine, this sister of mine, this, this lover of mine, this whatever it is, I just cut them off because I know they can't change. What do you say to them in that moment? You can run, but you can't hide, folks. So if there is somebody in your life, you cut them out unless you've joyously taking the time to deal with what it is that they trigger in you, you will just meet somebody else and they're going to trigger the same stuff so you can keep running, but you can't hide. Nobody should ever take abuse. Nobody should ever take physical abuse or emotional abuse, but they're there to make you aware of what triggers you may have and so that they can help you rise above them. They can help you change. So if you go, oh, that person's never going to change, then the obvious thing to say is great. Okay, so we don't expect them to change. How can you change so that your relationship with them changes? Because if you if you change inside, 99.999%, they're going to change. And I have the coolest tech. We actually did, we, okay, we did the meditation, but the extra thing to do is imagine like coming into the top of your head, into your heart. And I I mean, it it takes a certain amount of willpower. So I usually guide people the first few times to do it. And then you send them love. Once you're in the pyramid, once you are protected, 
You are not giving. I tell this to all, you know, oh, I gave and I gave and I gave and they didn't give back. I'm like, don't give anybody ever anything. Share. You fill yourself up with light. You pull the light. Then it feels so good. Yeah, I could share it with somebody. When you fill yourself up with so much light like we did, then you just send a beam of light to that person. And you imagine it goes into their heart. And you imagine that it starts to change who they are, goes through their body, and you visualize it. And then, of course, I always get them to imagine that the person sees beams of light coming through the palms of their hand, sends them back up because they're grateful for that. That light comes back to you, goes to your heart, and you do like this in a circle. Three or four times, if you do that every day, you will start to feel different about them because you are sending them love by making yourself feel good. It's not, oh, I have to do something for them, but it it sends them love and you end up feeling good and they're going to feel it. I had a client who came to me and was like, that person worked at a school. Someone came to work at the school who was just putting them down, being awful. Even when they told the supervisor, nothing was done. The person was just got given carte blanche to be a trigger for the world. And so she's like, oh, that's not going to work. I'm like, trust me, we're going to keep doing this and doing this over time. 10 days after 10 days, this person decided that she's going to be her best friend. And they have no animosity. They are totally cool. That was, I don't know, a long time ago. So it's like the power, but we just, your ego doesn't think that, but your soul knows. The idea is to start to love yourself more. And that's the thing, even working, what I love about this technique, which the divine said, use this, is you're filling yourself up when you're healing a relationship. So it becomes good because you're feeling good about yourself before you even do ever, do anything. That's how I started teaching when the last few actors I had, I was taught like, go into the negative emotions. The negative emotions will feed you, which they do. But I was like, no, I would get my client, and I do it myself now, I would get my clients to, to put themselves in the pyramid first, fill themselves up with so much love, and now go, okay, from a place of love, yeah, you can go into the pain of this, but you could access it faster because it's coming from the divine. It so cool. So, so, so cool. That's why I didn't take Strasbourg. I was put into Strasbourg by Arthur Bartow, who is the chair of NYU Tisch Drama. And I wanted to be in musical theater, but then someone told me, it's based on what someone said, you know, don't do musical theater because then you won't get the real acting training. And so when I went to him, he said, you know, one of the best acting schools we have here out of the eight studios at the time is Strasbourg. And so I, I said, okay, then that's where I'll go because he knew better than me. He was like the chairman of the school. And so then I heard from friends, oh, don't go there. You'll go to the hospital. It's, it's awful. It's everything. All they do is just go into negative emotions. And I'm so grateful I didn't do that. I did Miser instead, which is actually very Kabbalistic. It's very like play in it and then get out. Don't stay there too long. You know, and I always loved Helen Hunt. She's always been like my favorite actress ever. And she was the first impression I ever did. So really. So I really identified with her and I was watching Mad About You on autopilot, you know, on repeat because it was out then. And, and I was like, oh, well, she studied Meisner and her dad, Gordon Hunt, blessed memory, also Jewish, by the way. He studied Meisner and so was very Meisnerian. And I think the thing I'm really grateful for is there's an idea in psychology, which I learned about when I experienced severe trauma in Israel. I was uh, right outside of a Pagua 
like a bombing that happened and I was coming out of post-traumatic stress. I, I don't even think about it anymore because I did so much healing work on it, but there was this very traumatic time in my life for like a year where I just was like, I'm not getting on a plane and I'm terrified of everything. And you know, now I don't even think about it. It's like, so not even part of my lingo, but I'm bringing it up because I learned this thing called a kindling effect, which is if you put yourself in a situation over and over again, then that means every time you put yourself there and it can go positive or negative, but the the danger of going into super negative emotions and repeating to yourself and re-injuring yourself, oh, my dad did this to me, or my mom, or my whatever it is, you know, my friend or that boyfriend or that girlfriend or whatever you want to call the person, you're re-injuring as opposed to regenerating positive emotions and feelings about it around it. And I, I love your work, Benzion, because it feels like you're doing quantum physics on it. You're going inside of the molecules of the memory and you're actually just shaking it up so that you can bring light to it. And then when you go back to it, you're like, oh, there's nothing there, you know, or it's less and less until it's gone. On a a personal level, on a acting level, the residual stuff is there, but the difference is, as you just said, you're choosing to bring it up when you bring it up and it's surrounded by light. So it doesn't have any kind of negative effect. It just propels you into being in the moment. What was so great about Meisner, which I said it too, is it's all about being in the moment. Yeah. I was in the first class of Meisner at NYU and my teacher, Lori Peters, would always say, beautiful voice. She she looked like John Voight and she was married to him at one point. It's kind of a funny story, but she would always say, it's like quicksilver, isn't it? It really is. You can't hold on to it. And that's kind of like, you know, studying Kabbalistic meditation. It's you realize that divine light, you can't hold on to it. And when we try to control everything, you can see my arms as I say that word, it's not conducive to growth. Growth is actually opening your hands and saying, oh, here comes some sort of sunlight. Here comes some sort of beauty. And now I'm going to release it. And and whatever needs to stay will stay. It's like the nutrients you, you mentioned before there's this divine manure, right? It's like this fertilizer for newness. And what happens when you eat really beautiful fruits and vegetables, the good stuff, the nutrients stays in your body and the rest of it, you let it go. You have to, if it stayed in you, it would be toxic, right? It's amazing because see control again, you're in the ecosystem. Well, it's either you're in your solar system or your ecosystem. So an ego, if I control, then I won't be afraid. We want to know the basics and then we want to fly. When you trust the divine flowing through you, ah, you know the divine's got your back. You know that everything's going to be working out. And that's the idea. So how do I trust? By allowing the light to flow through me and getting used to the idea that the light's flowing through you. Different clients need different things. Like, you know, somebody else, I don't know, she was a dancer. So I was like, okay, so imagine that you are dancing through life now. And it was just like... Just like a simple reframe. That's what we do. I was, I was teaching a class, the reframe game. And I would ding, now we're going to reframe it. And that's something that affects people so profoundly. We've got to let people know is that for any artist, creative, for anybody doing anything, the goal is to get out of your own way and let the divine flow through you. That is the goal. So when I'm there for a client... I know I have to get out of my own way. So sometimes it'll be, I'll have to put a voice. That's why people call me a Jewish shaman. And sometimes I would just like chant. Sometimes I'll do stuff and then it works. And then I'm flow and I'm through. And the idea is that what I've discovered through that is that it's made my acting 
so much stronger. I start doing acting now. I'm like, I feel like I'm not even here. Is the same thing with any other art form. Key to that, though, is the same thing that actually I was taught by my very first acting teacher, Catherine Gately, if you're out there, who said the best actor is the ego-less actor. If you let the characters speak through you, you won't care about what you look like, what you sound like, what you whatever, because you're doing it for service. Even for an actor, if you could get the consciousness of, I'm there to serve the other actors so that they become really good. And then we have this tete-a-tete and we're both inspiring each other to be our best rather than competing, then it would change everything. And that's how life is, you see, but I'm not diminishing myself by getting out of my own way. It's so much fun. That's the other thing you think, but then I won't be me. It's not. It's just you're a clearer, less complicated, less frenetic you. And your ingredients, your spices and your herbs still come through. You just have to trust that they'll be there even more so the more that you let go. So I wanted to share, that was the only thing I had an intention for today besides getting some of my questions up and letting you shine was to share one story that I that's very personal to me about you, which is that I get sometimes very, very nervous before my shows because I do... I used to do stand-up comedy and then I realized, okay, that's not fulfilling enough. I wasn't very good at it. I would get up there and try to tell stories and do impressions and work them in. It was me basically trying to do impressions all the time. And I'm a pretty G-rated person. So no matter what I said, it just wasn't shocking enough. What I realized was I could do stand-up and impressions while I was doing my cabaret shows. And I could also share and be an educator. And so I remember I called you once the morning of one of my shows and I said, Batoon, you got to help me. I asked God, who do I need to go to right now for a blessing, for you know, a piece of wisdom I can hold on to before I get on stage? And your face popped up. And so what have you got for me? And you were like, oh, holy divine soul. I'm so glad you called. And I don't, do you remember what you told me? No. This is so cool. I get to share a gift back to you because it was a gift you gave to me. And I'm hoping that it'll help other people out there who are performers or teachers or have to get up in front of people. But you said something so profound and I continually practice it to this day before I have to get up and speak in front of crowds. And what you said was, instead of making it about you and having to be good tonight, I want you to get up there and remember that you are a divine Torah teacher you are someone who, and the Torah is basically just how we call the Bible in Judaism. So it, you're going to get up there and you're going to share gifts of wisdom with the people in the audience. And I said, but I, I have a few ideas that probably are kind of Jewish, but I don't know. You said, no, 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 you don't understand. When you get up in front of other people, you are a teacher. So the songs that you're singing and even the parodies when you imitate Josh Groban and Charlie Puth and Adina Menzel you're actually sharing divine light with the audience and they are going to say, I got to connect with God. I got I to gotta connect with the divine. They're going to be walking out of your audience saying, I have to connect with other people and the divine. And I thought, that would be amazing. That's, what, that's actually my whole goal for living. So if, if my performance could just be an extension and you said, yeah, that's it. And I remember like feeling so free after you said that. I still was super nervous because we care, you know, those of us who are performers, you're still going to be nervous. I always tell my, my students because I, I teach how to deal with 
you know, mm-hmm. stage fright or whatever. I don't even like to say the words, but feeling nervous really, because yeah. I don't like to give stages fright. I just like to exactly. you know, get rid of that exactly. whole idea. But that stage light that we feel, feeling that quicksilver already the morning of the show right. or the night before, or the week before, you know, I remember I heard um, the woman who plays Pam on, on The Office, Jenna Fisher, she said on my sister's podcast that she would cry as soon as she got the scripts every week for The Office, because it was her first major TV show where she was playing like a staple character. And to this day, when she gets a script for, you know, a movie role, she'll cry when she gets it. And she has to ask her husband, like, I can do this, right? And he'll always say, yeah, of course. And, like, you know, she goes to this whole thing. So, you know, I can really relate to that because there's a lot of performers or speakers or TED talkers that get up and they're afraid, like, will I be good enough? But if you take Ben Sion's advice, everybody, and instead of looking at it like, will I be good? All you have to do is move out of the way and say, I'm just showing up to be a vessel of divine light. Then it's not about you at all. You're literally just on your path and you're helping to create more divinity in the world. And it's all divine light, all of it, at least the good stuff. I mean, I don't know about stuff that isn't because I don't really know what that is. Wow, I love that. I'm so glad it was good advice. No, I, I never remember what I what I tell people, but that just speaks to another thing, which is the whole, I mean, that was a big thing in my book is it's not about you. It's about what you have to contribute and it's how you want to inspire people. Forget about all the artistry and all that. Strictly money. People who had issues with their businesses. And this is like, any. this could be any business. It's like, okay, we all go up with, with the, you call it divine manure, I call it holy crap. We all go up with that. You already used to call it holy crap? Yeah, that's what's so funny is in terms of the synchronicity is I said that and then you're calling it divine manure. I love that. I love that. Oh, I didn't even know you said that. Okay, fine. I'm no, I love that. Okay, so so we're talking about how you can contribute. So this is how it feels to me. As soon as you say, okay, so I have a business coaching someone who had a new line of jean jacket first of all i always say this who's your business partner they're like bob i'm like who's your business partner you've already got it bob like okay who's your other ah the divine okay so how do you engage the divine by figuring out how what you do inspires other people so now that can be anything for so many people that could be inspiring them to love and accept themselves, that could be inspire them to feel free to be who they are, inspire them to love and honor themselves, inspire them to love and find their voice. But there's all kinds of, like so many specifics based on how you were brought up. So with this person that we talked about, the jackets, I think it was love and accept yourself or love celebrate who you are. And I said, as soon as we do that, the divine goes, ah, yeah, there's millions of people who need to be inspired to love and celebrate who they are. So I could feel like ka-ching, 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 sale, 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 sale. And business started going crazy. I coached another person that had an ongoing business. And what it takes is every time she come to another big decision, it would she'd go into fear again. Oh yeah, but, but so we have to get that, that that kind of investor. And if we get that investor, I'm like, whoa, slow down. What is the point? And she would go back to, oh, it's to inspire people to celebrate. Oh, I think this one was inspire people to celebrate their inner and outer beauty. It's a beauty. Mm. Soon as she went back to them, I'm like, well, then the divine's going to, now the divine will help you make your flow decision because it's not about you anymore and which investor and which whatever. It's about the people who are waiting 
to be inspired mm-hmm. to celebrate their inner and outer beauty because that's what you're doing. Then she made the right decision. She got so busy, it was like beyond. She kept expanding and expanding and expanding. Amazing. And like, wow. That's what we need to remind ourselves. But that you reminded me with the thing about you sharing because you are an educator and you are an inspirer and takes us right back to, I think, what I said in the very beginning, which was that some people see that the root of acting were the priests leading a congregation and lifting them up spiritually. So it's the same thing, what you were doing again. And I've worked with people with public speaking. It's the same thing. Put the focus on how you want to inspire them, not what they think about you, because that's not what it's about. And focus on, did they get that point? Do I want to make them laugh in that point? Do I want to make them connect by telling them something honest and heartfelt so that they can feel like, oh, okay, and then they can relate to that, the topic? That's another thing actually I taught is I taught certain clients how to do your own TED Talk. Because oh, what it does is, is it focuses you, because usually TED Talks are what I encountered that was awful, how yep. I transformed it, how I inspire the world. And so it's the kind of modus operandi of who you are. It's really your life philosophy crystallized down to a tiny thing. And so it just helps people focus again on what what they went through and how it's going to inspire you. Yeah, you really are amazing. I'm so glad I had you on this podcast. I'm so glad for all the people listening because I think you are a gift and what you teach is so, so gifted. And thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for being here. I want to wish you a beautiful year filled with joy and great Parnassa, meaning great success in all ways that you always feel in service and fulfilled. And I really, really, really would love to dance at your chuppah as soon as possible. That's dancing at my wedding, folks. Okay, so here are some takeaways from today's episode. Everyone has a circle of destiny and you can feel it. It's very easy to feel if you just tune in. There's sort of an alignment. So keep going until you feel it and let yourself be open to feeling that alignment. It can come from one choice. Each of us at all times has the ability to tune in, really sit with our white light and create a pyramid of protection. I hope you really were listening and tuning in during the pyramid meditation. And remember, you can go back to that at any moment when you feel scared or frightened or frustrated. You can take a time out, pretend you're going to the bathroom, walk outside and just do it. It is sort of like cleansing the palate or the body, if you will, in a way. So you never have to feel weird about it. Just find your space and do your white light pyramid meditation. You can run, but you can't hide. The same lesson will repeat until you get it right. There is a kindling effect, right? There's a re-injuring or a regenerating of difficult or positive feelings if you can tap into it. If we start to look at all the things that come up in our life that we brush up against that are difficult for us as a divine message, a DM, divine manure or holy crap from God, uh, my words were divine manure, his words, holy crap, then we can actually use it as fertilizer for something really special in the making. Again, there are two divine operating systems that we can work with, either the ego system, which is generated by fear, or the solar system, S-O-U-L-A-R, which 
Ben Sion's words, is generated by love and meaning and contribution and purpose. At any time, you can choose one or the other. Trust the flow, surrender, release control, and you'll find yourself a lot happier. Whenever you feel that difficult kindling effect in the negative way, you can just repeat to yourself, I'm going to trust the flow. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to release control in this moment. And just watch what happens. You don't even have to know the answer to what's going to happen. You can just sit and be still and notice. Put the focus on how you want to inspire others when you have to get up and speak, when it's your time to be called up to a microphone or a Zoom call right now or in front of the class or the boardroom. Think of it as how do I want to give light or inspire or be a vessel for the divine's light as opposed to this is all me, I have to do this, it's all riding on me. That's all ego speak. Fill yourself with light and then send it to whomever you want to forgive. That one is arguably the most important meditation that we have ever done so far on this show. So please make sure you pass that one along. That is what attracted your soul to this podcast. Please share it with others, practice it yourself, and please continue to forgive both yourself and others. This episode was produced by Katya Soto. If you know somebody with a great story about failure, freedom, or forgiveness, please share them with us. If you liked what you heard, learned something new, or think something from this episode could inspire someone else, please share the episode on your Facebook page or Instagram and tag that person and tag us too. You can find all of our social medias, drop us an email, or join our newsletter at www.c1beautifulsoul.com. Please don't forget to subscribe and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you hear podcasts. May we all choose to look for the light in ourselves and each other in all ways, always. Please.